this is Celia Duplessis from Gaia Kosovo and you are listening to the sixth episode of our Reflection podcast series. Our guest, Dragan Atanazov, is a trainer, researcher, evaluator and author specialized in youth work recognition, youth policy, cultural diversity and community development. He has over 10 years of experience in conducting research and assessment in the field of youth work designing and delivering non-formal education activities, developing policy documents, and monitoring and evaluating programs. He is the Secretary General of the Union for Youth Work of Macedonia, a board member of the International Youth Work Trainers Guild, and the founder of the youth association Creative. Today, Dragan will discuss with us about youth work in the Balkans. Dragan and thank you for joining us for our sixth reflection podcast episode and today we want to discuss about a topic that has been very important for Gaia and it is youth work you're a specialist of this uh, topic and I wanted to start with a very general question uh, which is could you explain what is youth work what does it entail and, and what is the situation of youth work in the Balkan Hello, and thanks for inviting me to be part of this podcast. I'm very glad to be part of the celebration of Gaia, uh, the, the anniversary of the organization. I'm happy I can, I can contribute to it. So it's a very general question, and, uh, but it's not an easy question, what, what youth work is, because um, it is different in different contexts. And th there are many different ways to define youth work. And if you, if you think about youth work in different countries in Europe and outside from Europe, there are different elements that are more or less important. So, so if you want to uh, get one definition that is overcompassing, that, that is covering all the different approaches, then probably you would uh, need to think about what Council of Europe says about youth work. And, and they define it as a broad term that covers a wide variety of activities of social, cultural, educational, environmental, political nature with and for young people in groups or individually. And, and they also say that youth work can be delivered by paid and volunteer youth workers. It's based on non-formal and informal learning. Uh, and it's about uh, the development, the learning of young people and their voluntary participation. So if you think about it, there's so many elements there. Uh, and it is about the development of skills of young people, but it's also about their active participation in the community and their development of active citizens. And, and there, there are also many ways to classify youth work. So for example, you can talk about working with young people individually, working with groups of young people, if you talk about the approach. But then you can also talk about, for example, working with all the young people, so generally supporting young people or focusing on, on a specific group, for example, young people with some fewer opportunities or let's say immigrant young people, so young people with certain background. You can also talk about working with young people in general, So for, for example, organizing their free time, supporting them informally, yeah, th this approach is more similar to the concept in, in Latin countries, this, this concept of uh, animation that is also in France, in Italy, where it's more about uh, just being there with young people, spending time with them, showing by, by example. But then you can also talk about youth work uh, specifically related to 
to a certain topic. So for example, you can talk about human rights education or skills development or supporting employability of young people. So it's really a variety of approaches um, that depend on the local context, depend on the circumstances in the country and uh, depend on the, on the youth sector. But in principle, it is a service that we provide to young people uh, and we support their professional uh, development and their, and their also personal development as, as individuals. So having said all of that, youth work on the Balkans is also different from uh, one place to another. What is peculiar about youth work here, uh, I think in most of the countries here in the Balkans is that it is not really recognized everywhere as an organized profession, as an organized service. So it's much more based on, on volunteer approach by youth workers, so volunteer engagement um, uh, of youth organizations. It, in, in the Balkans, we can't really speak of youth work as professional vocation. So people who are doing this profession, it's much more related to young people who grew, grow up in, in the organizations and then they take on other roles such as they start volunteering and then they start organizing activities with young people. Uh, and then we can consider that to some extent as, as youth work. And it's highly influenced by the activities of different donors. So for example, PRONI or uh, the Jönköping the University from, from Sweden, they had a long-term program on the Balkans where they uh, were educating youth workers for, for many years. It was a one-year one course for, for youth workers that was running for sure in, uh, I know in Macedonia, in Serbia, Croatia, Montenegro, I'm not sure about the other countries. So for example, they, one of the key players from the last 20 years where they educate generations of youth workers using their understanding and their approach. Or for example, you have different programs to open that open youth centers or youth clubs. And then it's in a way our work in the Balkans, it's influenced by different um, international programs, especially because we don't really have national public youth work service um, uh, and it's also uh, influenced by, by what we had in the, in the past system in many countries from the region were as part of Yugoslavia. And then mm -hmm. you also had a kind of youth work. You also had these pioneer youth clubs uh, where young people could get engaged, could volunteer, could take part in cultural, social activities. And that also still makes an influence on how youth work has developed in the, in the different countries. So just to, to summarize, there is youth work in the Balkans but it's not as organized, it's not as coherent, maybe it's not very, very well defined, it's not professionalized, but there are strong youth work movements and there are professional youth workers who, who work in all the countries in the region. So you mentioned this aspect of volunteering in the Balkan that is particularly important because as you said, there is not so much or less maybe than in other countries official or organized structure. And what do you think is the state of volunteering right now in the Balkan? And do you think young people are getting more involved into youth work and getting engaged, let's say? So I would say it's very similar as to, as to youth work. I'm not sure about the state of affairs in every mm -hmm. country, but I know that in some countries there is a volunteering law. So for example, in Macedonia, I can say that there is a law for volunteering, but it's mm -hmm quite new it's not not very it's maybe 10 years old not, not older and in other countries i suppose it's also defined to to a different extent it's the same with youth work in some cases it's defined with laws in some is not 
I think volunteering is still also influenced, similarly like youth work, it's influenced by the remains of the old system. So we, we had volunteerism before as well, but it was seen differently. So it was, it was this kind of volunteering in which many people had to volunteer. We, we joke sometimes in Balkan region, especially in ex-Yugoslavia, saying that you were voluntold in the past. Not, uh, you, you would not sign up to volunteer, but you, you would volunteer, but then you really did not have a choice. And I think because of that, there is still, um, there's still some resistance towards volunteering. Um, for example, when I was growing up and I started volunteering in, in organizations, uh, and this was in the like early 2000s, many people would say like, why do you waste your time? Why are you doing this? Like you're not getting paid. What's the value? People uh, still, a lot of people don't get the, the value of volunteering and why somebody would, would volunteer. I think we are learning that. Young people are learning that more and more. But what we see nowadays happening, I think in the last years, is that companies and uh, so the business sector and the public institutions very often, they misuse, they abuse volunteering. And this creates, I think, another layer of resistance towards volunteering because what they would do is that they would really use volunteering as a kind of free internship so they would mm. ask young people to volunteer, for example, for six months or a year or sometimes even longer. And then young people would go there and volunteer, hoping to get a job at the end. And then in some cases, this is just never ending. People volunteer for a year, for a two with very minimal pay with like 50 euros per, per month. Uh, and they spend hours, they, they work there full time, almost like six, eight hours a day. And I think this is a bad practice because it completely, completely diminishes the role of, of volunteering is going against all the values of, of volunteerism. And it also creates this expectation in young people, in some young people, that you volunteer to, to get something, to, to get benefit from, from your, for yourself, which is fine. You know, we, we all do different uh, activities, including volunteer to, for a different uh, cause and sometimes this is uh, for personal benefit and that's okay you know gaining experience meeting new people having fun uh, enriching your cv etc but if this becomes the primary motivation then i think we have a problem because then we are becoming kind of opportunists just doing things uh, for our own benefit without thinking of the values and mm -hmm. i think if if even schools for example would asking people to volunteer for a long time or companies, it's, it's uh, creating this false uh, image of what volunteering should be. And it makes also young people more frustrated because they keep volunteering, but they are not getting anything that they wanted to get. And then this creates even more bad feeling about it. I think the situation is changing. Mm -hmm. I think there is um, there are many organizations in the region that are supporting volunteering that are having, for example, campaigns and, and they work with young people for a long time to, to support them to volunteer. So for example, European Voluntary Service or uh, European Solidarity Corps as it is now, I think this helped a lot to kind of expand the, the vision of, of volunteering. Many young people from the region went abroad to, to volunteer or the activities of organizations such as CYN, the Southeastern European Youth Network, which is also based on volunteering and uh, which has involved thousands of young people in volunteering. This mentality around volunteering needs to change. And I think when we learn that you can 
volunteer to do something for the community, for the society, and that we, we do this primarily for that reason and then to get something for ourselves. I think this is when uh, we can speak of volunteering clearly as, as it should be in the region. Your answer reached my following question <laughs> because you mentioned also this company that are abusing or giving another wrong meaning to volunteering. And I was wondering, you as a trainer, for instance, how do you motivate young people to get active in their local communities? Like, uh, what do you say to them to make them want to be engaged into the, the communities? Uh, why is it so important to be engaged, you know? What do you say to them? One definition of youth work says that youth work should be a combination of learning, challenge, and fun. So the things that we are doing, the activities, the programs that we are doing with young people, they, they should, on one hand, provide learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. But they should be also challenging so that young people will feel the, the excitement to do something. And they should provide entertainment to young people. So they, they should be fun to, to engage in. And I think this is one key, maybe, to create programs and to involve young people in community activities that are fun, clearly, and that involve also the aspect of, you know, spending time together, meeting new people, getting to know their peers, because for, for young people, it is important to, you know, meet other young people uh, from the community or people from, from different other social, social groups. So in that sense, for example, cross-generational youth work is also very important. Community youth work is important, which means working not only with young people in isolation, but, but working with young people with, with other social groups, with other community groups, with, for example, with, with parents, with elderly, so with, with older people from the community, with older citizens. I think it is important for organizations to come up with approaches that would be interesting for them. It's important to interest young people because let's not forget youth work and also civic engagement, community ac uh, activism, it's all based on volunteer participation, right? Mm -hmm. so, so we are not, young people are not obliged to participate uh, in any of that. It's not mm -hmm. like in school. So they need to have the, the genuine desire to want to do that. This is why we should always think like how, how we can attract them, how we can provide time for them to enjoy as well. And this is why the challenging part is, uh, is important. So they should see it as a challenge. They should see it as something that provides, you know, some difficulty for them to achieve because then they will have the satisfaction and the, the desire to do more. And another thing is also leading by example. So we, mm. we, we keep saying many times that being a youth worker, means being a role model. So this means that the way we behave as people who work with young people in organizations and also in like youth centers, youth clubs, wherever, we should um, give an example with, with our acting. So we, we should be first of all active part of the community. We should do more activities engaging other groups. We should, for example, bring other social groups in our spaces because we can't see young people as an isolated part of the community. You know, young people are not an island. They, they interact, every day. they go home and they talk to their parents, they go to school, they talk to teachers, to, to peers, they talk to the neighbors uh, in their, you know, communities. Uh, and, and we can't treat them as isolated from everyone else. Uh, we have to engrave in all the activities that we are doing that the community aspect. And I think sometimes we forget about this because it is not easy. So, for example, I haven't heard about many examples of cross-generational youth work. Mm. 
for example, young people doing some, some work with the others and then something that would be fun for both sides, like older people can teach young people how to, I don't know, play, play chess or uh, make uh, some kind of handcrafts and then young people can, can teach them how to use computers or, you know, how to speak English language. So there is a, a lot of things that can be done that involve the wider society. It's just we have to think in that, mm. in that way when, when we plan our work with young people. So we spoke about the, the point of view for young people, like uh, how to attract them. But I was wondering, do you have any example of, in like your past experience, of how youth work particularly impacted positively a community development? I don't know, a specific example of something that really worked and, and uh, managed to create an interaction between young people and the community where they live and, and something positive resulted from all this? I would say yes. Uh, so the organization that I used to work for for many years, that I'm one of the founders, uh, Creative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's been running a youth center uh, in my hometown for the last uh, more than 10 years now. And many of their programs were with the community. So, for example, they would um, organize programs for young people to volunteer in, in this kind of daily centers for uh, individuals with challenges in the physical intellectual development. Mm -hmm. so, so, for example, young people would go there, play games, organize different games, different activities with them, and work with the staff, with the education staff from those daily centers. So that, that's one example. Another example is we used for a few years, we used to run a farm we rented a piece of land near the town and we started doing sustainable organic farming. And this was another interesting project because young people were learning how to farm and there were older people from the community who were teaching them how to do some of the things that they were, they were doing. So we had, for example, uh, a professional agricultural produ producer who would come visit us a few, few times uh, a week to, to help with what we were doing. But then people from the neighborhood also from around the farm, they would also come and help, help young people how to, uh, for example, plant the seeds or how to water the plants or how to do the irrigation system, etc. So that was a, an interesting experience. And then young people themselves, they were selling at the market in the town. They were selling the, the products uh, that they had been producing, for example, eggplants. They had a lot of eggplants. And then <laughs> they were also explaining to the community what organic uh, production mm -hmm. means. So they were saying, our eggplants are a bit more expensive, but they are organic. <laughs> and then people would ask, like, what does it mean? And then they would explain. So I think this was, for young people, it was not for everyone, huh? but for, mm -hmm. for many of them, it was fun, uh, you know, to be in this position, to go on the market at a stand and then to interact with the other community members, to sell them something. So to be in a different role, instead of going to purchase something as customers, in this case, they were the ones who were producers and uh, selling something and then they would keep the money and then do something with the, with the money that they earn. Like they would organize a party in the youth center, for example, or they would, they would buy uh, snacks and juice and, you know, spend them for, for something that they wanted. So, I think examples like this are important to be happening mm -hmm. because it is important for young people from a young age to start learning about the different roles that they have in the society and learn that they are not just passive consumers. They are not just, uh, you know, that somebody should provide something for them, but they can and they will very soon like take on different roles and, uh, and that even though they are young, 
they can already start doing some something of all of that. We shouldn't be educating young people to take on different roles after 10 years, because I think they should be active citizens already now when they are still young, because this is how you learn how to interact in the society. So I think that that kind of, of programs, or uh, maybe just to give another example, the National Youth Council of Macedonia, they're coordinating a project in which young people can take part um, in free educational activities. So for example, they can learn design mm -hmm. with professional educators. So they can learn graphic design or, or web design, for example. They can take a few months course. And then they don't need to pay for it, but they have to do certain number of community service hours. So for, for example, they would need to design a web page for a grassroots organization that does not have money to pay for a web design. So in a way they pay back and at the same time they practice and at the same time they learn about what organizations are doing. You know, they, otherwise the course will cost them probably a few hundred euros like this. They get it for free then they do something back for the community with their time. And I think this is another way to learn how to be uh, responsible for the community and, and also to learn about the community and the society in general because otherwise, you know, th those young people maybe would never get interested to learn what these other organizations are doing. But if you ask them to do a web page for them, then they will have to <laughs> learn. Yeah, it's actually, it's a very good idea what you just told about. Moving a bit uh, broader, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question about the Balkan. You know, the Balkan are usually like who presented as a place of political instability and of neighbors that do not get along. In your work, do you see any interaction between people from different communities and this interaction would be better? And how do they interact, young people from the Balkan, let's say, when they meet, how do they interact? Yeah, from what I've seen, when they interact with, with other young people from other cultures in the region, I see that they have a lot of fun and they're, they're very curious, very interested. Mm. But as long as we have this opportunity. So unfortunately, the, the situation in the region is such that we don't have many opportunities to, to do things regionally. Like, for example, if you think about the Erasmus Plus program, which is the main funder of international youth work activities, it's difficult to do only on a regional level, something on a regional level without, you know, going outside from the Balkans. Mm -hmm. RICO, for example, provides this opportunity. And I'm happy that regional exchanges started happening uh, because I think we have to do more of that. Young people have to, like young people from Macedonia would need to go to Kosovo, to Serbia, to, to Albania, mm -hmm. to, the, to the other countries to get to know what other people, young people think about um, the things that matter to them. Because then it's then that they can discover similarities and they can, they can find connections and uh, see that the others are not very different. The others are not scary. You know, the others are not... Uh, violent, uh, because frankly, there is a lot of that uh, in young people's minds, and it's not really their fault. Because if you you know check the news, uh, see what is in the media, it's mostly negative stories. Mm -hmm. We don't hear good positive examples from our neighbors. We hear about usually stories connected to crimes, uh, connected to uh, like political crises. So all the media, they are just building up the, uh, all the stereotypes and they create grounds for discrimination. And then young people are also influenced by, by their parents quite a lot. And their parents have memories from the wars in Yugoslavia, for example. 
uh, or from personal experiences with hatred. And then they keep talking to young people and they keep influencing young people about, you know, with, with their perception, they talk to their peers. So young people, once they get outside from our organizations, from our youth centers, they are influenced by many other social, social actors. Mm-hmm. And this, all of that influence just builds in their minds, uh, you know, the, the stereotypes and creates false images that we can break, we can challenge only if they meet. So I think the, the more they have an opportunity to, to meet, the more we can build a region that is more united. And we have to keep finding the, the, the similarities and what, what is something that we have in common, because we do have a lot in common. Uh, I'll just share uh, one example. Now I'm working at the Macedonian Union for Youth Work, which is a national network of uh, organizations that are doing youth work in, in the country. And we just finished now one project funded by RAICO, the Regional Youth Cooperation Office. And the project was about creating online course for youth workers and board game, card game that could be used with young people to do intercultural learning um, processes with them. So one part of the game, because it's a card game, so one type of cards in the game are with proverbs, are with old proverbs that young people know about from their parents, from their grandparents, from, you know, just reading books, because there are, there are these sayings that we all use uh, every, every day uh, on a daily level. And then what we did was we tried to find if those proverbs exist in the other languages and if they mean the same thing. Uh, and the, the game is in a Macedonian, Albanian, and Serbian language. Mm-hmm. And we managed to find many proverbs that have the same cultural meaning. And sometimes they're not exactly the, the same. So they, they sound a bit different, but they have the same meaning. The, the, the concept, the cultural concept is the same. So now the cards in the game are printed with the versions of the proverbs in all three languages. So young people, when they start playing the game, they will see that, ah, okay, this concept this cultural perception, Albanians have the same. So in Albanian language, is the same. they say the same thing. And that tells a lot about like, how similar, connected we are to each other, even if the language uh, is very different and we don't often understand each other. But to, to see how uh, the, the region is connected. And, and yeah. I think this kind of activities and resources will help young people see that we are beyond all the differences that we need to, to work together and that we have a lot of opportunities to, to work together if we want to, at some point in the future, get in the European Union uh, uh, together as, as, you know, cultures from the region. I think there are also international volunteers involved in uh, some of uh, your projects. And what added value does this bring? So we spoke about the Balkan, but what about the international volunteers that can come and bring their culture or their point of view, let's say? I I think it is very important both ways. It's very important that young people from the region go abroad Mm -hmm. to volunteer, but it's also important that we get volunteers from from other countries. Mm -hmm. And why is it important? It's important because, first of all, not all young people have the opportunity to to travel Mm -hmm. and to meet other young people from, from other countries. Even if they do have the opportunity to travel, if they go for, uh, let's say, holidays, or even if they go for uh, uh, youth exchange, it's usually very limited. It lasts for a week, 10 days, two weeks. The amount of interaction that you can get with other young people from different culture is very limited. When you get international volunteers involved in the daily work of the organization, for example, for six months or for one year, mm-hmm. it brings so much more because it goes beyond this superficial level 
of learning about the other culture in the sense of you know what who is the who is the most famous singer from your country or what is the uh, most popular food and you know this it, it, not to be underestimated there's also also cultural elements that are important but then if you want to learn more about the culture if you want to go deeper and to learn about the values to learn about the habits the different understanding view of life that people from different parts of europe have then you need more time and you can get that only if uh, you spend more time together. So for, for me, the, the benefit, the value is that young people who come to volunteer from a different country, they are every day with the local young people. And this is how, this is how they learn about each other. This is how they, they are able, on the one hand, to, to learn about how people live outside from their community. So to learn about what young people in France do in their free time or how they you know, the, the fact that uh, many young people from Western Europe, they move out from home when they are 18, 19, 20 mm. years old, even younger. And for, for many young people from the Balkans, it's shocking when you hear that from the first time, because many young people here live with their parents until they're married or until they're 30, 35, even, even older. I, I don't think that one is good or the other one is, you know, bad. Mm -hmm. It's just that learning hearing from others that things could be done differently and that life could be lived in a different way that for example you can live independently <laughs> that it's okay if you move out and if you have your own place to live and that you can do that when you are 18 years old it's opening perspectives it's not always possible because again the context is is different so here many young people let's say cannot find an employment to support mm -hmm. them to, to rent their own space etc but you know just getting the perspectives hearing that people live in different ways and you can do that. I think this is mind blowing very often. That, that's just one example. So, so I said, on the one hand, they can learn about the peculiarities about life of young people in different places, in different cultures, in different communities. But then on the other hand, you can find, they can find, young people can find connections that go beyond those cultural differences. So by spending more time together, they can learn that, for example, they like the same movies. They, they are watching mm -hmm. the same, uh, they watch the Mandalorian, you know, bo both of them. They, they are fans of, um, of some, some science fiction writers or that mm -hmm. they both like uh, certain musical genre or, or band where they have similar hobbies. And then this is where it gets interesting because you, they stop seeing uh, young people as coming from a certain culture. They don't think of Germans or French or, you know, Spanish. They, they think they can make personal connections. And this is, I think, when you can really break the stereotypes because uh, that's a way for, for them to stop seeing people as, as having cultural bubbles, as being in a bubble, in a bubble that, that says Spanish at the top. And then you think, yeah, all young people from Spain are like that. No, you get to know the person individually. And then you can break stereotypes. So then you can... Uh, you can say, well, you know, maybe not all Germans are very, you know, strict about the rules and timing because I know this volunteer who is a bit more relaxed and okay, maybe I should open up my mind and not think about all the people from one culture as being in one box and they are all the same. And I think this is a, is a great value. There, there are other values as well, like making friendships, making connections. Mm -hmm. Um, practicing English, practicing other languages. It's also, I think, w what I've seen is great for young people in the region when we have um, other young people from other countries coming to volunteer is when they see how, how international volunteers appreciate what we have here. 
You know, mm. they, they come and they appreciate the mountains or the nature or how kind people are or the food or, you know, things that if you just live here, you take them for granted, you don't even notice them. Uh, and then somebody comes from, from Norway and says, wow, you know, food is amazing here and uh, vegetables are so fresh. And then young people have this sense of pride because let's not forget, we keep hearing how everything is terrible in the Balkans. Right? Mm. We keep hearing how, uh, how we are less valuable, how uh, we don't have anything to offer, how everything sucks. Everyone wants to move to Germany from here, that nothing works here. But then you get somebody from a different context and they say, this is nice. And then you have a sense of pride and then you're thinking, yes, maybe not everything is, <laughs> is you know, terrible here. Then you start appreciating some things that, that you have. For example, the, the volunteers in our youth center, uh, for many years, they started doing uh, these hikes around. So around my hometown, there are many mountains and hills, but it's mostly the international volunteers who initiate the hiking activities. Not all of them, some of them who, you know, who have hiked in their life and who like the mountains. And to our young people, this really created, you know, completely different perspective of Yes, the mountains are here. We should be doing that. So, so then young people themselves started organizing hikes and sleepovers in tents and sleeping bags, uh, you know, trying, starting to appreciate nature more. And, and I think a lot can be gained in this way through, through the intercultural exchange. Yeah, it's, it's very true. And it uh, actually makes me think a lot about my memories from Kosovo <laughs> and how I discovered. <laughs> it's, it's really true. Like some... You know, I'm always, um, when I go back to France, people ask me, and, oh, but really, isn't it terrible? And I'm like, no, actually, it's, it's just discovering, you know, and experiencing. And it's, it brings you so much, I don't know if it exists in English, but richness. Like, mm. um, True. And, and, you know, the thing is that people here also think that it's terrible. So the reaction that you are getting in France is not unique because people here, if you ask somebody randomly in the street, they would all say, yeah, everything here is terrible. But then you see it from a different perspective. And uh, as, a, as a foreigner, as somebody who is not from this context, can notice also the positive things. You're not biased in, in that way. Mm. And then this is helping people from here realize that, yeah, maybe it's not so terrible. And I think this is the important part. Yeah, and it's, I think it's also learning, even, I mean, this is my point of view as a foreigner, but it's also learning how to, you cannot arrive and say, oh, your country is wonderful. I, look, I like everything. While people will answer, no, my country is not wonderful. It has a lot of issues, let's say. But so it's, it's about also genuinely saying what you like and uh, not say that everything is perfect, you know. And for me, it's a very interesting exercise that I like um, and that I, I did in Kosovo. Uh, so that's the end of my questions. So thank you very much, Dragan, for being part of our Reflection podcast. And I wish you the best. <laughs> thank you very much again for having me. And I wish you more fun in your volunteering in, in Kosovo, in Gaia. And all the best wishes to, to the Gaia organization and their team. Thank you for listening. This episode was created with the help of Mevlude Skoroshi and Jeremy Floro. Graphic design, Isabella Markova theme song I Would Go Out to Run Now by The Game. You can listen to the Reflection Podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud. Back to you next week. <laughs>